Good afternoon, everyone. It is a Wednesday, April 26, 2017. Um, you are listening to episode eight of the Dry Spell Radio Show. Uh, for everyone listening live, we are not the Ty uh, and Tay show like the it shows again. Uh, just bear with us when it says that. Um, thanks for listening. Thanks for joining us. It, it means a lot to us. Does it not? It really does. It does. Uh, for those of you who are listening to the podcast version of this show, thank you as well. Uh, I can actually see how many listeners I have of that. Uh, and so it really it really makes a difference when you tune into our show. It makes us feel all fuzzy inside. Warm, like this cup of coffee. Yeah. Uh, and the coffee... Is it just me, or does it feel warmer because it's raining outside? It feels warmer because it's raining outside. Okay. Which, and actually, it's really cold in the studio. It is. I'm actually... I'm wearing, like, flannel, and I feel cold. I'm just cradling my cup of coffee, <laughs> keep my hands warm. Yeah, so if you're listening on the podcast, uh, thanks for listening. Um, if you want to reach out to us, uh, we're always available. Uh, you can talk to or contact us by email at dryspellradio at gmail.com. Or we are also on Twitter at dryspell underscore VG. I'm here. Video games. Yeah. My, my, yeah, VG is in video games because that's what our show's about. My name's Matt. Uh, I'm here, as always, with Austin. Yo. Uh, how's it going? It's good. A little tired. Always. Well, that was my fault. I stayed up way too late last night. Well, it's night. always your fault. Nobody ever makes you stay up late. Eh. But, I don't know, I stayed up way too late playing video games. I know. That's that's a problem, <laughs> I guess. Um, there's always, like, a, a little, like, sometimes there's a crunch where I'm like, oh, crap, I haven't played anything this past week. Uh, we have a show tomorrow. Yeah, that's kind of what I feel like. I have to have something to talk about. And I have nothing <laughs> new to talk about. I've been playing the same game for, like, the last month and a half, so. Yeah. I'm, but but I'm so close to beating it. This game is Horizon Zero Dawn, I'm mentioning, so. Yeah, and it's funny because. Which we've talked to death on this show. Yeah, we so have. I really don't want to. Yeah, but whatever. I'm almost there. 92% of the way through. <laughs> and it's funny because, like, so I hit this point, and I think I even mentioned this plot point on one of our shows. Uh, and I got there, and I got past it, and I was on I'm, – I'm still under 10 hours in this game. And then you, who spent, what, upwards of 40? Uh, at that time, it was probably about 45 hours. Uh, and you hit that same exact point. Because I don't do all the side stuff. Like, I'll do, like, get a good feeling of it and stuff. See, I've done every side thing so far. Now I'm just uh, charging the main story and hopefully get it done. I can't. I I don't have the attention span to, like, 100% games. I do it all the time, so. so. I'm I'm trying to think. I think the only game that I've really 100%ed was Fez. Uh, and that was a Christmas break. I got it um, on my laptop, and I sat at my parents' house and basically ignored the rest of the world. And uh, that's one of those games that I remember sitting there with a notebook 
and taking notes on mm-hmm. because it was so complicated and there was so much crap in it. And you actually you can beat it, and you it says you have a hundred percent, but then there's like two hundred and ten percent of stuff you can find. Well, and so I, you found the two hundred ten percent. I think I found everything. I don't know if the guy actually ever came out and said like, "Oh yeah, you found everything that I hit in my game." After it's it's been a long time. I mean, it's been at least six or so years since that game came out. I feel like in that time, somebody would have data mined it and made sure we found everything. Yeah. But but you always hear those weird stories of games that have been out for like a decade that they find something new in. Well, I think one I saw that was like a while back ago was like what Halo 2 when they finally found the last Easter egg of like the engraving on the bullets themselves. Yes. Yeah. Like 10 years after the game came out. That's that's really cool. Um and it, it's really interesting. Uh this is taking a weird tangent, but uh it's our show. We can talk about whatever we want. Uh, there's Danny Dwyer of uh, former GameSpot fame and now of NoClip. He is he just ran a series uh, based on mysteries in video games, and I watched the first episode, and I don't want to watch the other episodes because like one of them's on the witness. And I want to finish The Witness before I watch it because it's basically 100% spoilers. Um, And it's really interesting. Like, he talks to several game developers. The the developer of Frog Fractions, the developer of The Witness, Jonathan Blow, and the guy who did Spelunky. And they kind of talk about the first video you can watch without many uh, spoilers. But they kind of talk about how that mystery in video games has gone away over time. And it was just a really fascinating documentary to watch um, because there's so much hand-holding in games now, and everything seems to be linear. And you think back to, like, Zelda. The original Zelda, right? The original Zelda, um, which is so frustrating because you have no idea what's going on you're just you just start mm-hmm. and you're just standing there and you f- you figure out kind of what the controls are and then you find one cave you can go in it and then you can't find anything and you have to find bombs and then you have to go bomb the areas that and there's all these hidden secret caves and stuff and that tends to be really frustrating for a lot of people but there's um, there's almost a magic in that that we don't get in current games. And that was something like when I was playing Fez that I like I fell in love with. This was this was a time in my life that I was really sick of video games. This was after uh, I had bought my PlayStation 4 and had played Battlefield and hated it so much mm-hmm. that I basically dropped out of video games entirely. For about a year. Yeah, it was it was about a year before I like even touched a video game again. And it was Fez that got me back into it because I, I like I installed it after watching Indie Game the movie. Um and went in and I just I fell in love instantly and spent 
basically that entire Christmas break, just on the couch, playing that game and taking notes. And I'm sure I still have that notebook somewhere. Um, and there are a lot of scribbles of just stupid things that I thought were going to make sense and never did. Um, and there, I mean, there was just so much cool stuff in that game. What were we talking about? I don't remember. I think you asked me what, what I was playing. Yeah, I, well, I, you had played Horizon Zero. Yeah, we're talking about, then we talked about complete 100%, whatever. Oh, yeah, we, we were talking about 100% in games. So, yeah, I mean, I had 100% in Fez, I think. Um, but other than that, unless you count, like, Halo. Yeah. But there there wasn't much hidden in the original Halo, I would say. No, definitely not. But. So, yeah, it's kind of what I've been doing. So, what have you been playing, Matt? So, I I bought Bayonetta uh, a couple of weeks ago, and decided to play it. Um, just so we could talk about it today. Well, not that I've I've wanted to play it. Um, just joking. And it's really good. Um, I've never played a Bayonetta because they've always been on Nintendo consoles, and. I've, I haven't had a Nintendo console besides my 3DS since the Super Nintendo. And I'm like, I didn't really know what to expect. I don't even think I've seen gameplay footage of Bayonetta um, other than small GIFs um, rolling around the internet of like special moves she does or whatever. And it was not what I was expecting this game to be. But in a good way or a bad way? In a in an indifferent way. Okay. Um it's a lot of like you have small battles that you have to fight your way through and then you get scored on how well you did. So you have combo multiplayer or multipliers. Combo multipliers. multipliers and you get scored on like different combos you do between kicks kicks and punches and it reminds me almost of like devil may cry a little bit yeah that's actually kind of what I was but it's it's I, i'd say the battles are a little smaller i feel like devil may cry is a little bit bigger um and so you basically do these and then you get awarded trophies at the end so like you get bronze medals or you get gold medals and stuff. And so I'm interested to see kind of the replayability of it. But it's interesting. It's fun. There's, I mean, it's Japanese. So. It's going to be a little weird. Yeah, I mean, it's a little out there. It's a little different than what we would normally, like, see in America in games. So thinking about, like... uh just some of the ways that they portray Bayonetta herself can feel a little strange. Uh, there's a lot of camera angles that focus on certain parts of Bayonetta um, that you're like, oh, yeah, this is definitely Japanese, like, anime-based. <laughs> uh, but it, it's fun. I'm having a good time with it. It runs really super well. I haven't had any problems with it. I immediately went in and changed everything to high um, on the graphic settings. And it's running really well. I mean, it runs at a full 1080p. 
and I I am a it says 60 frames per second. I can't give that exact number from like what I'm running on my graphics card or anything. But I haven't had any problems with lag or frame drops or anything. And it just looks really good. I'd be interested. Again, I've never really seen Bayonetta footage or anything. So I'd be interested to see it compare to what it was uh, when it came out. I think it originally came out for the Wii. Yeah. And so I'd be interested to see what the difference is between those two. Just just for scientific purposes. But it looks really cool. Other than that, I downloaded this game. Uh, and I don't remember how... I think I found it on maybe like Polygon or Kotaku ran an article on it. And it's called Wiz Khalifa's Weed Farm. And... I downloaded it more for... I just kind of wanted to see what it was. It's like a joke, kind of? Yeah. Uh, and it's it's not great. And I wasn't expecting it to be great. But you play as Wiz Khalifa, and you have a weed farm. And you grow said weed. And anybody who knows me really well knows that like I like these certain kind of games. Um that end up playing themselves. So there's a little bit of idler in this game. I'd say it's more along the lines of almost like uh, uh, Farmville. Yeah, that's what it looked like when you were playing it. And you, you, so you basically you have different plots of different kinds of weed, and you you water them to increase how much money they put out. And then as they put out more money, uh, you buy more upgrades. And so, like, right now, all of the weed I have growing in this game uh, basically harvests itself. But I have to go collect the profits from it and then upgrade more. Um, What a time to be alive. What a time to be alive. Now, the really funny thing about this is there's, like... (laughs) There's LED lights that you can power up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the way you power them up is by watching videos, like watching ads. And so almost every single ad I've got uh, is an ad for that Game of War. Oh, yeah. Uh, the one that Kate Upton. And, yeah. And so every ad... and. They're really annoying. They're like 30 seconds, and then you X out of them, and you you power up your LED lights for four hours. There's also a DJ station or <laughs> that you, you click on, and you watch a video to power it up, and it doubles all your profits for like 10 seconds. But the best part of this was is I clicked on one of them, and it said, watch this video. It was an anti-smoking ad. That's great. <laughs> Uh, it was really ironic, and it made me laugh a lot. So that's wonderful. Yeah, if you're out there and you want to <laughs> download Wiz Khalifa's Weed Farm, um, I have it on Android. I'm sure it's on iOS. It's stupid. I wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> but but that's kind of where we are with mobile games, I guess. Unfortunately. Oh, and it's rated T for Teen. 
Um, which is weird. Which I find really weird because the entire premise is not only illegal in most of the United States, you still have to, I think, be 21 in the states that it is legal. So, I don't know. I'm not fluent with my I'm, marijuana I, laws. So. I'm not either, but I don't know. It was really weird. Um, so, that's Wiz Khalifa's weed farm. I'm sorry if you're listening to this. Uh, we're going to go ahead and we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. All right, we are back. Um, it's raining really hard right now, and because that's what we need, it's more water. Right, and so if you, if those of you are listening, I know we have a couple listeners that don't live in Idaho, and I just want you to know that Idaho, like especially Boise, is basically flooding. And so this, this rain definitely been is one of the biggest water years, like starting in December. Yeah, because we had, had a killer snow as we year. as they dubbed it the snow apocalypse. It was yes. like our biggest winter in like 20 years. And then now it's just we literally have rain every day. Our Boise River is like above capacity right now. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, and an, so, yeah. on another note, do you think this cop walking by the studio and this dog, do you think this is a drug dog? Doggo. Because if it is, we were just talking about Wiz Khalifa's <laughs> weed farm. Uh, yes, we get distracted very easily. That's what well, that's what happens. So our studio has windows all around. All around us. Um, and so it's very often that people walk by and like make faces at us and stuff, which I don't I don't really understand the urge to do that. Um, we had one kid last week who was like dabbing and like flexing outside the window, uh, and I just I don't get it. I don't either. But we also see directly outside. Yeah, we're right by an entrance, to, like so, like we see outside and inside. We watch a lot of people walk into this building. Yes, <laughs> and the random squirrel climbing the wall. Yeah, yeah, we had a squirrel climbing the wall last week. Yeah, um, point of our story, it's raining like crazy out there. just feels like an off, weird day. It really is. Um, I'm glad I wore my jacket. I know I'm freezing right now. Yeah, it's cold. Um, so let's go ahead and let's, let's talk about some video game news. Hot, 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 <sighs> breaking right off the stove. Like, like we just pulled ago. it out of the oven, and this news is still setting. It's not ready to eat yet. Right. That's how hot this news is. Call of Duty World War II. Uh, so we record the show at noon, um, our time. Mountain time. So Yeah. And so at 11 our time, uh, Call of Duty held a press conference, I guess. Their worldwide reveal. Yeah. Of... Uh, 
World War II, Call of Duty World War II, which is a sledgehammer game. Which um, is the newest studio working yes. on Call of Duty, who is responsible for Advanced Warfare. They did Advanced. Yes. They did. So they did. They co-did Modern Warfare Three. Yeah, that's right. That's what. And that's first. what got them into uh the call of duty stuff and then they did advanced warfare which people still say that was a very i liked game. that game a lot so which is the one thing about this game that has me excited is the sledgehammer part of it yeah yeah i i agree and i don't know there's still very limited information on what they really showed us yeah i mean so before we get into the details I think this is really weird that they came out just a couple months before E3 and did all this. Well, that means in E3 they're going to do a whole bunch of gameplay stuff. Yeah, but... It's to start the hype train. Well, the hype train was already going. No. I don't know. I think this is a really weird move by them. Um, I'm sure they have a reason for it. I just don't know what that reason is. I don't understand a lot of things companies do anymore. I mean, you know, it's one thing for like Nintendo to do the Nintendo Directs because they've been doing those forever. Mm-hmm. Um, and Nintendo doesn't really even doesn't do a lot at E3. No, but this was a big. This is a different. They've never done anything like this before. Yeah, no, this was really weird. But I don't know how I kind of saw it is like they're really like pushing this game. Like, hey, this game actually we put a lot of time into it, a lot of work into it. We really are behind this game 100%. We want you to support it. Yeah, and I'm curious and how much of it... And that's kind of the impression I was getting during this uh, yeah. reveal. Yeah, it was good. I mean, they had the two studio heads um, there, and they talked for a while about the game. And they also had several of the actors. And I thought it was I thought it was a really cool yeah, event. Yeah, so how, how the stream started was it just you know opened with the, the trailer. And as it starts off saying in-game, actual in-game footage, what am we staring at? There's some guys in kangaroo onesies right outside the window. Sorry, it's just so distracted. Okay, moving on. We should get blinds. I know. So, yeah, starts off with the trailer. Um, I mean, pretty typical Call of Duty trailer. Yeah, there was nothing really special about it. (laughs) But they, you know... Moved on from there, and they, they, the one thing they kept advocating was a very gritty, visceral game. I feel like they use those words a Constantly. Ton. Constantly. Which I kind of do want to see something like that, because I feel like Call of Duty has become a little childish. I remember, like, you know, ten, I guess, nine years ago when World at War came out, limbs blew off with grenades and stuff like that. I kind of want to see that again. Maybe not, like, so graphic but i mean world war ii is graphic well and so there's a, there's a scene in advanced warfare that you literally rip a guy's arm off and beat him with it oh good it was my favorite thing in that whole game awesome so i i'd be interested i want them to because like i feel like they were and this is definitely what they were kind of advocating is they i mean this took them three years to do this game they traveled to all the locations uh filmed took pictures of all of all the areas Recorded all the sound effects like firsthand, and they're really pushing for like this natural, real experience of World War II. Mm-hmm. And so, I think they really do need to kind of take on that dark, gritty edge where, like, you know, storm in Normandy and people's, you know, 
I mean, if anyone's ever seen the opening scene of Saving Private Ryan, right. that's kind of what I want to see. Yeah, and so if you think back to like Modern Warfare when it came out, like, and still to this day, one of the things I'll always remember is how close and how realistic Chernobyl was. Oh, that was, I still think it's my favorite, one of my favorite gaming moments. Ever, oh, absolutely. Ever. Oh, absolutely. Uh, the Gillies in the Mist is probably one of the greatest missions ever. Oh, absolutely. But just that whole, that whole realism, I think, adds a really special part to these games. And I'm, I'm, I'm glad that they're taking a really realistic approach to it. And I think they're going even farther than they ever have before. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I feel like, I know they didn't say this, but I feel like they're trying to really, you know, pull a whole, like, Band of Brothers style of feel to this game like because i kept talking about yeah you know you're all just new guys but you meet you become a brother with the guy next to you and i feel like i really need that emotional impact like you're going all of a sudden you're when your squad mates die and you're like oh that's like you actually like feel heavy hearted and like oh i like because like normal call of duty is you just guy runs up gets shot down you're like oh whatever oh well sorry corporal whatever your name was but i want this game to really have an emotional impact and the way they're advertising i think it will. I'm I'm hopeful. Yeah. Now, so let's talk about a little bit of the details. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they did announce it'll come out November third, which is oh, it's Friday. Oh, really? I think. Um, I didn't look. I'll double but check. That's. I mean, that's a really classic time for a Call of Duty to come out. I mean, early November. Yeah. Yeah. So that way you can hit Black Friday sales and all that stuff. But. Uh, so that's not but surprising at all. It is a Friday. It is a Friday, huh? So I, I, I kind of seen this transition because Destiny did it too. Maybe it's just Activision. I don't know. They're moving their Maybe. game releases from typically thir- Tuesdays yeah. to now Thursday night, Friday. Well, and there's a reason. Well, So there's a reason that it used to be Tuesdays. And the reason because uh, it, it was all based on shipping schedules. Mm-hmm. And so as we get away from necessarily having to ship games... And uh, we'll talk about this later, but as digital sales become more and more of a thing, it's, it, I mean, it makes sense that they don't need to release on a Tuesday anymore. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, you know, you get the game on Friday and have the whole weekend to play. Right. It makes sense because I know. Well, probably, and somebody can take Friday off of work yeah. if this game means that much to them. And I feel like they're advocating more towards the, uh, you know, older crew that they've had around since like, you know, ten, for 10 years or more. Because, you know, we all have jobs now, for the most part. I'm not directly looking at you, Matt, but people have jobs. I have a job. Okay, moving on. So, yeah, people have jobs. People have an adult life. So, I mean, releasing on a weekend is probably the smartest move for them. So, November 3rd, mark your calendars. Um, I believe pre-orders are already available. Oh, I'm sure. And I'm sure there's some pre-order bonus. I only watched half of the stream. I think it was going to go on for an hour. Yeah, I didn't watch the whole thing either. But nah. they are, And they did mention a closed beta. I bet that's what you get for pre-ordering is a key to the beta. Yeah, and I'm sure they'll have like GameStop pre-order bonuses and stuff like they that. They always do. But so, yeah, as we said game was greenlit three years ago so they've been working on this for a while yeah so they've been which uh, is something that they can do now for call of duty games now that there's three studios yeah they can running work. uh they can still release one every year but 
Because, like, next year is supposed to be the, uh, not Infinity War, the other one. Uh, Treyarch? Yeah. Who did the last World War game, World at War. Yeah. Which I thought was still one of the best Call of Duties. Mm. I, okay, you know, it was a, it was a good game. It was okay. Um, so we'll see. We'll see how this all goes Yeah. Out. Uh, so the thing for me is it as cool as it's going to be having more realistic stuff in it. And maybe this is talking from somebody who has played a lot of Call of Duties. They're going to play. I mean, they showed off more Normandy Beach running or and stuff. But they also showed, like, you're going to be a member of Big Red 1. Which, Bloody by the one. way, yeah, which they call Bloody One, uh, which, by the way, there is a Call of Duty, Duty Big Red One. Yep, I remember. <laughs> which uh, I actually kind of enjoyed back in the day. Yeah, I just hope they're not, like, just rehashing the same stuff from um, that that's, game. That's what I'm so worried about because, I mean, World War II was a big deal. There's a, and there's and a there lot was, going on. There's a lot going on, and we seem to always kind of be stuck on this. That's why... Uh, was it World at War the one that focused on the the Pacific Theater? Yeah, yeah, and that's why I love that game because I feel like every World War II game, even from Medal of Honor and Call of Duty, was it's all all Europe. European theater. And World at War finally did the uh, Pacific Theater, and I, oh, it was so yeah. Cool. And Big Red One had a little bit of Africa in it, but and that's what I want from this game is some Africa because yeah. that's I feel like that's the one part of World War II that people don't even realize that we were in Africa. Yeah. And they mentioned this on the live stream, and I think it's a good point and why maybe this game coming out now is a good thing. We, we have it like I learned so much about World War II from playing video games. It's like, it's like the meme. I saw this meme. It's been floating around. It's like, you know, saying the teacher, how did you learn so much from World War II? And then it shows Medal of Honor Frontline yeah. of Storm in Normandy. It's like how I learned. It's like, eh, it's, you know, that's kind of true. Yeah. And I mean, as long as it. It's accurate. And someone just fell down outside the studio. What is going on today? It's it's raining. That's what's going on. Um, so for me, like, I remember learning, like, I think it was one of the Medal of Honor games that had Operation uh, Market Garden in it. And, I, and I've never learned about that in a class ever. Mm-mm. But I know what it is because of video game. And I think that's kind of a cool thing that these games do have in them is the ability to teach and there's like there's a lot of kids that are now turning even 20 who were 10 the last time uh they Call probably of Duty never played it world war ii game came out and when we were growing up every, every year was a world war ii well game. not only that every year you had like four or five world war ii yeah, games because Me- this was back when medal of honor was still releasing games all the time and yeah. So I I feel like I've played my share of World War II games. It was kind of nice taking that break. I'm not going to lie, but I'm glad we're coming back. Yeah, and, uh, well, they had to find a way to go because if you look at, so, I mean, uh, let me regain my thoughts here. If you look at, like, Advanced Warfare or Infinite Warfare, they kind of peaked at this moment where we're like, well, what do we do now? Yeah. Uh, we've gone into space. There's not much more you can do. And unless they're going to do a trilogy, but Infinite Warfare, spoiler coming up, everyone died in Infinite Warfare. 
so they can't make a trilogy off of that. Mm-hmm. So if they went back and maybe wanted to do an advanced warfare trilogy like they did with modern warfare, maybe they could do that. But I don't even really remember the characters. Yeah, I think it's been already too long. And that's the thing uh, that Modern Warfare did. Um, the The trilogy was so successful because of that. Call of Duty Civil War. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Civil War, Revolutionary War. No, um, that'd be r- ridiculous. War so, of 1812. I mean, I'd like to see maybe... Mexican-American a, War. Maybe the next one be like a Vietnam, because I feel like we have hardly any Vietnam games. I think Battlefield's the only one that really did, and I guess Black Ops. Yeah, Black Ops did, and I don't know. I think it'll be. I think it's going to take a little bit longer until we get to a Vietnam game, because I, I feel like there's still enough people who are really sore about Vietnam. Yeah, probably. I think we'll we'll probably stick with uh, World War II for another cycle or so, because um, I'm sure it'll be successful. I mean, just watching the successes that Battlefield got going back to World War One, mm-hmm. for the most part. I mean. It was yeah. pretty innovative, and I I really enjoyed it. And like the campaign was super cool, and like that's kind of what I'm hoping for is this campaign is just really well done. Yeah, and I, I still need to play Battlefield One, but and so anyway, so on this press conference they also showed uh, uh, they're gonna have something called headquarters, uh, and it, they literally showed about five seconds of it, and it looks like almost like a meverse for your per- person. Mm-hmm. Where, like, you have this big compound and you can walk around and, like, interact with other players. I don't, I mean, I have no idea what it so is. So it's like a social space in Destiny. Yeah. Okay. So I don't know what they're going to do with that, but that that's still to be seen. I mean, done right, it could be kind of cool. I don't know, whatever. Like, um, like Destiny's Tower, yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't play those games to interact with stupid people I've never met before. So, anyways, uh, and then they... Well, that's the beauty of video games. They did ask about the co-op campaign, uh, and they didn't really give much. So, yeah, the co-op campaign is different from the The regular campaign. Yeah. But they did show a picture of a zombie. Of course. And so they kind of said that this is going to be based around the final uh, efforts of the Nazi army... To create a super army, and which is kind of where Nazi zombies came from in the first place. Mm-hmm. But we'll see. We'll see what that actually ends up being and if it ends up being worth anything. Because if it's just another zombies mode with a little bit of story behind it, I'm not going to be interested at all. You'll play it for like an hour and be like, okay. Be done with it forever. Uh, so that's, I think that's it for Call of Duty right now. I'm sure we'll get, I'm sure we missed stuff that they talked about in the stream. So, yeah. you know, go back and watch it. It's probably over now. And I'm sure they have a big, they had a big announcement at the end. It's, it's archived. I'm sure you can probably find it on YouTube or IGN or Polygon or wherever. So yeah. go check it out. I probably will continue to watch the whole thing. Yeah, I'll probably this. watch the rest of it and see if there's anything interesting in it. Um, so yeah, look forward to that. Probably hear more about that on E3. I'm sure. I'm sure it'll kind of be Which radio silence until E3. Almost a month away now. It's almost May. Yeah, it's you're right. Be May. Yeah, I don't know when in June E3 is, but it's I think it's like the, the mid. It's usually like the second week, like the twelfth around that area. Jeez. So yeah, um, but until then, that's my that's E3 kinda... prediction is June twelfth. Great. That's a Monday. 
Um, that that is not if that's not accurate, please don't please don't hate us. Anyway, so we're gonna go ahead and take a break, and we'll be back in just a few minutes. back you are listening to the dry spell radio show and we're just kind of talking about video game news right now so we talked a lot about call of duty let's just kind of move on so some interesting news um coming out uh recently so a guy by the name of adam mudd and i say guy he's 20 years old um and he was at the age of 16 created a program called the titanium stressor now what the titanium stressor did was basically it created ddos attacks and for those of you who don't know what a ddos attack is is it's basically a website or server or whatever it hits it so much and connects so often that it overwhelms the server and, and then it. crashes it. And if you and remember several years ago, the PlayStation 3 got hit real bad. The PlayStation, well, the PSN, yeah, PSN. got hit by Anonymous for the PS3. The PS4, that's right. The Christmas, that's what um, it was. Okay. PS4 and Xbox. That both their servers went down around Christmas two years ago. I think they kind of went down again this last Christmas. I don't know if that's necessarily this, but but yeah, two years ago, it's this guy's fault. Two years ago, they did go down for a solid couple days, which was very frustrating because you just got like your new Christmas stuff. You're like, I want to play, and then nope, no. Uh, It was basically this guy's fault, Um, and several arrests have already been made, but they finally went after him. And so he has, he has been claimed for affecting Minecraft, Xbox Live, Microsoft, RuneScape. He took on his college network, shut it down, which affected like 70 other uh, campuses. And he ended up selling his program for something like $30,000 or $300,000 um, that he made off of this. So he pleaded guilty. They sentenced him to 24 months. Uh, for his own attacks, nine months for running the service, and then 24 months for money laundering from the program. Uh, so almost five years. Yeah, and so it said in the article that he serves them consecutively. Does that mean that he only serves 24 months, or does that mean no, they, it's still they, added they together? they added on. Okay. And I'm surprised he only got 24 months for money laundering. That's a pretty serious crime. It is. But he was also 16. Um, I mean, okay, that's... I feel like I know a lot too much about this stuff. I don't want to go into all the law side of it, but... Yeah, I mean... That's uh, pretty... I mean, I, I five years for the money laundering alone is the usual sentence. Okay. So it's me. I mean, maybe they cut a deal. 
Oh, I'm sure because he pleaded guilty. Yeah, so that's so probably, I'm he sure he cut, cut a deal. something. So yeah, because money laundering loans at least five years, and then so I guess, you know, just owning up to the fact that he actually did these attacks, they probably you know did cut him a deal and they can serve all of it for five years. So yeah, yeah, and I mean, so I don't know too much about the laws um, behind it, but I'm sure that there's something that this is basically harming. Uh, private property um, and maybe even causing whatever money um, to be lost by these companies. Well, so it's a white collar crime, obviously. So, which is kind of an interesting, like, yes, I feel obviously like we're going on, we're going on a, a random tangent here. Sorry. It's kind of my, uh, no, this is knowledge. This is fascinating. I'm in like, this is literally what I study. So it's kind of an interesting, like we view like, you know, obviously violent crime and stuff way more serious than a white collar crime, but I feel like white collar crimes can actually hurt more people and like affect more people overall. But we like just kind of like, oh, you know, he's a super smart guy kind of thing. Like you, you kind of like, I wouldn't say idolize, but like you put them in a different category of criminal. I mean, the biggest thing was like, you know, Bernie Madoff. Yeah. Madoff with, ha, Bernie Madoff, Madoff. There's a joke there. But he made off with, you know, billions of people's dollars. I mean, he is serving a life sentence right now, but people never thought, oh, what a crook. Like, man. That guy is super smart. And that's kind of like, I feel like that's the same thing going here. Like, you know, only getting serving, you know, five years for affecting so much stuff, costing things so much money. I'm sure his toll for, you know, uh, damages was probably in the millions to repair. Yeah. And I didn't see how much he, like, he had to pay. I'm assuming he had to pay these companies something. Um, I'm, I'm sure something, but I'm not. And I don't know. I wouldn't say it was probably like, you know, the full extent. So it's just an interesting kind of thing how we view crimes like this compared to other crimes. So, yeah, it's interesting. Okay. So there's some knowledge. Yeah. And so in the article, it didn't mention the PS4 or the PSN attacks, uh, either the Christmas or the anonymous attacks. And so I don't know if he's directly related, but the I mean the article kind of said something. So I'm sorry, I have a totally random story when the, the anonymous attack several years ago on the PS3. Sorry to interrupt, but I, it was uh, I literally was on what, right when it happened. Literally was online. I was playing Gran Turismo with my brother, Gran Turismo Five, and we were trying to see who had the best car. So I like met, get, gifted him my my re- like one of my really nice cars, and literally. From when I gifted him the car to when he signed into his account is when the attack happened. And then, you know, system went down for two weeks or however long it was. It was a long time. Get back. My brother turns on his account. My car didn't. He doesn't have my car and I didn't have my car. It was lost into cyberspace. And I'm still upset about that. But so so anonymous stole my car. Yes. At the time, I was an Xbox fanboy. And so you can imagine how happy I was because it lasted for like three months. No, it was a long time. Like, I think the complete online was off for like two solid weeks. But then over the next three months, it was very spotty. Yeah. It was it was an issue. But it was a real dark time. It really was. Okay, um, moving on. Okay, Sorry. so Square Enix. Uh, surprise, surprise. They delayed games. And by delayed, I put that in quotations because they've never really announced when these games were coming out. But they show they basically put out a graphic that had games that are coming out in the fiscal year of 2017 and the fiscal year of 2018. And it may have even said beyond. Um, I can't really remember. But 
on the 18 side had both Kingdom Hearts 3 and Final Fantasy 7, which I'm kind of upset about because I really want Kingdom Hearts 3. Oh, I, I really want this game to waiting. come out. We've been waiting so long for this game. And it's, it's never going to happen. It's getting lost, uh, like the Half-Life 3. Uh, and at this point, I'm kind of like, they're going to hype it up for so long that it's just going to suck really bad. I, I, I so hope not. I, I mean, I hope not, too. But I just, I I've been burned so many times through things get, like this. Just get the 1.5, remix, and you'll Yeah, and so the yourself. funny thing about this is if you look, so uh, they announced Kingdom Hearts 3 at E3 2013. And they actually showed, like, gameplay then. That is four years ago. And they actually showed gameplay then. So, so you thought, oh, it's right around the corner. Yeah. And for Final Fantasy VII... They showed that at E3 2015. That was, but that was just the the remastered opening of the but still, trailer. I know, but still, that was two that's years two ago. years ago, and we still haven't really heard much of anything about. Well, we them. haven't seen anything else from these games at all. Yeah, like we know they're there. We know they're working on them, I guess, but they keep getting delayed, 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 delayed. I think this is. I wouldn't. Like I wouldn't be surprised. Delay yeah, I wouldn't be Kingdom surprised Hearts. if they never come out. And it might be their thing. Maybe that's just what they're doing to tease people. Because they even said, we're never going to remake Final Fantasy VII until we make a Final Fantasy game that beats it. And they had all their chips on fifteen, but maybe, I mean, fifteen was pretty good, but I heard Yeah, I heard a lot of good things. So maybe they're just like, "Uh, we'll just keep pushing it until people forget. But yeah, yeah, we'll see. Maybe maybe we'll get something this E3. Maybe we'll get a little... Little nugget. Uh, there should probably be something just to just appease like, the hey, people. We're still working on it. Hey, we're still here. We're still a studio. Um, and speaking of what might not be a studio, well, they'll still remain a studio. But so the news article is uh, there are reports that Vivendi may take actions towards acquiring Ubisoft. I feel like I've been seeing this news for like three years. So Vivendi came in to Ubisoft and bought uh, some shares in their stock and then started slowly buying more and more until they had voting rights on the board. Well, they are getting incredibly close to having full control of buying rights. So 51% is what you said? No, it was, it, I think it's like 33% that they need to have oh, for before rights. they can buy them out. Okay. And so people are speculating. There's the, Nobody's come out and said, oh, we are doing this. But it, the speculation right now is that they probably are going to. But I've been hearing that for a long time, but like Ubisoft and Vendi in the middle of a hostile takeover, blah blah. Yeah, it's been really, it's been a really strange saga. So in the past couple of years, I feel like I, I feel like every every several months we see something about it. Yeah, so I'm, I'd be interested to see if this is the year that they actually come in and acquire Ubisoft. We'll see. And uh, granted, we have no idea what that even means. Yeah, I mean, they could buy Ubisoft and then leave them alone. Yeah, and they might you know keep the name and still, and actually the company could even be better. Yeah, we have no idea, um, and I don't. It's not like I have friends in that work at Ubisoft that I can feel sad for that they might lose their job, and I think that's the big part when these kind of stories come out. I think there's enough connection within the community that it's like. 
we are worried about our friends losing our jobs. Mm-hmm. So, and you never want people to lose a job. No, never. Considering right now, many people in the gaming industry are losing their job. It's true. So, right. it's a really interesting time. Um, so, let's just keep on. We've got a big long list, so we're just going to keep on pushing through it. The NES Classic, uh, as we mentioned before, they said they're discontinuing them. They're not making them anymore. And then randomly, I like Monday, Best Buy, Best Buy had a bunch in stock, and they're like, "This is going to be the last batch of NES Classics you can ever buy, ever." Yeah, unless you want to pay nine hundred dollars on eBay, right? And so I, I told myself, I don't want this console. Like, there's no reason for me to get this. Seeing this, I was like, "Oh crap! This is like I need this now," um, which is probably what they're trying to do. To be completely honest. But I logged on basically when I saw the article and gone. I couldn't find anywhere, one within like 500 miles of us. So, well, I only bet Boise probably only got like five, or if that. Yeah. So, so if you want an NES classic, you're going to have to go to eBay and spend a ridiculous amount of money. So. That sucks, but or you can just you know find all the games. Yeah, just online. get an emulator. Emulator, yeah, be fine. So they're obviously setting up for the SNES coming out. I believe did they say this fall? They haven't said anything. Okay, so this is all speculation, rumors. Okay, so I'm assuming it'll be holiday. If not, maybe they'll do like the early spring when the Switch came out. Yeah. Um, speaking of the Switch, yeah. Well, uh, GameStop is getting a Nintendo Switch bundle. Woo! Um, it's going to cost 500 bucks, which is quite a bit, but it comes with the Switch, Zelda, and with the expansion pack, or pass, Mario Kart, and a 128-gigabyte SD card. So this doesn't come with uh, any extra Joy-Cons or the Pro Controller. But I still think this is cheaper, because we kind of priced this out a while ago. Like, if you want to buy all this stuff, it would cost you probably about $600. So obviously you get the bundle. This, yeah, this is a little bit cheaper, not a little a bunch. But I mean, I would. This would be something I would go for. It's basically, if you look at the math, it's kind of just getting the SD card for free. Which you know, 128 gigabyte SD card can run you pretty good penny. And it's like 60 yeah. plus bucks. So I mean, I'd be cool with that, and you'll pay 80 bucks to get the the Pro controller, and you're still under what we kind of thought was. The, right, the price range you wanted to get to have like the the setup you wanted for the switch. Right, and so talking to people that I know that have a switch, um, it's kind of it, it's surprising to me because I didn't see it coming like this, but I see a lot more people that are more interested in playing it handheld mode, yeah, than docked, and so, like I've got uh, I've got classmates who bring theirs to class. And don't play during class, but like before. But that, and that's stuff. what's great about this console. And that's like uh, that's interesting, uh, and so. But the fact that you can uh, do that and then still go home and dock it. Yeah, I, I mean, it's really. I think it's. I think the console's serving its purpose fairly well. Yeah, and it, it and appe- it's actually getting to the point where like I'm going to consider buying one, especially with like Puyo Puyo Tetris coming out this week. Um, it very well might be something I'm looking at now. Yeah, and I, I even I know I stated before I would only ever buy it if I could get a good bundle, and this looks like a pretty good bundle because the two games right now that you should have is Zelda and then probably Mario Kart. So mm-hmm. I'm 
And Puyo Puyo Tetris. And Puyo Puyo Tetris. You got to get that game. So, and then, I mean, there's definitely going to be some good games coming in the future for the Switch. And probably now would be, be a good time to get on board, get it all under your control, under like operation or whatever, how you want to set up. And then you can start getting the games in the future. Yeah. So that's cool. We're, we're going to take one more quick break and we'll be right back. back and uh, let's just plow through some more news um, before we're out of here so let's see here what do we want to talk about I think you want to talk about Dota I think I want to talk about Dota too um, so for those of you who don't know I'm a little obsessed with Dota uh, I think it's it, I mean it's an awful horrendous thing but I love it to death and for those of you who know or have listened to the show, know that I'm going to the International, which is the World Finals of Dota, in August. And so right now, the Kiev Major is running, which is the last major tournament before we get to the International. And so I've just been like watching some Dota. It's been really, it's been really fun. There's been some good matches going on. They were they're just in the group stage right now, uh, so they're just kind of trying to figure out who's going to play who, when, where, stuff like that. Um, come like t I think starting tomorrow, they'll get into the actual tourney, and it's it's basically single elimination. Um, I think. They might have a lower bracket. I, I don't know overly well. I know in the international they have a lower bracket. And then so you lose. You go into the lower bracket. You fight your way through it. And then you battle. For third place. No, for first. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yes. And so. I guess because you only have one loss. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, it's double elimination at the international. So maybe that's what it's like in these majors as well. I'm trying to think because the Boston major was not too long ago, and I did watch some of it. But anyways, it's it's kind of tough to watch right now because it is in Kiev. Uh, matches start going at like our time, 11 p.m., and finish at like 11 a.m. So they play straight through our night. And so I'll catch the beginning of them and then the end of them. Uh, and, but there's a bunch in the middle that I can't see. I did watch this last year, and the final will end up being in the middle of the night, which I really want to see. Are you, so you'll stay up for that? Probably. Depending on what day it is, uh, I'm really bad at the time conversion thing, so I'm not 100% sure when it will be. It could be anything like Saturday morning, or it could be Sunday morning at like 2 a.m. or whatever. I'm not 100% sure right now. I'd imagine Saturday morning because that would be their Sunday. Yeah. 
I mean, it, so I don't know, really know uh, when it will be, but I want to see it. It'll be cool. Uh, we have two North American teams. Well, I think we have more North American teams, but we have like the two Digital Chaos and Evil Geniuses are both in this. Uh, and it was funny because I think Evil Geniuses, or maybe it was, no, it was Digital Chaos didn't get invited. They had to qualify which is really fascinating because they invite like eight teams and then they have qualifiers for eight other teams to come in. And so whatever that means, uh, I think it's, it's going to be a good tournament, I think. So if you're interested, they stream them all on Twitch. They're also on, I'm sure it's on YouTube and on Facebook, but the Facebook video player sucks so bad. I don't know why you'd watch anything on it. So that's Dota. Um, a little bit of Dota 2 news for those of us uh, normies, non-professional amateurs. It now requires a phone number for ranked matches, which is basically their attempt to get people from stop using multiple accounts. Uh, uh, and I just this is kind of a strange way to do it. I've just, I mean, it's cool and I'm fine with it. I don't have a problem giving Valve my phone number, but whatever, whatever that means. Um, but yeah, it, it's getting me hyped for the international. Uh, I'm really, I'm really excited. That's just what, a few months away in August. Yeah, uh, I think it's the first week in August, so it's gonna be cool. Um, let's see here. Uh, this is kind of a strange little news tidbit. Uh, Modern Warfare Remastered is still a thing. Well, I haven't played that probably a month or so now. Yeah, it's been a while. And they're releasing a DLC map pack for $15. Which, by the way, this game you can still not buy individually. You have to buy it with Infinite Warfare. Still. Still. This map pack costs $15. They're four recreated maps from Modern Warfare, the original game, in which they cost $10. Activision. It's stupid, it is, is what it, it is. It is stupid, considering all the other map packs that they, because they, I mean, this game only launched with 10 maps originally, and there's 20 maps in the game, so like the last six maps um, were free. They just updated, and there they go. Good. But now well, that's where the way it should be for a remastered game. Yeah, and now the fact that like, oh, they probably see that more people play the remastered than the Infinite Warfare. It's like, oh, we need to get our money from these guys. So, I they're just nickel and diming you. Yeah, so well, I, I don't that, really I, understand this. Kind one. of a reason why I just stopped playing. Unfortunately, because I, I like, stopped playing just because there's so much, uh, there's so much better use of my time. Yeah, I would only ever play with like one. Our other friend was online, which is usually late at night when he gets off work. Yeah. And, lately, and even then, I hate playing with him. So yeah, it's true. And lately, when I, if he ever wants to play a game, we just play, you know, Ghost Recon Wildlands now. So yeah. Um, so there's that. Uh, speaking of kind of digital sales, um, an article ran. Oh, where did I read this? Um, I think it was Gamespot. Ran this article that says game digital games make three times as much as physical in U.S. says report. 
Um, and so this little paragraph in here, more precisely, NPD figures that say 74% of sales in the U.S. came via subscriptions, digital full games, digital add-on content, mobile apps, and social network games, while 26% came from traditional box titles. Together, the categories generated a total of $24.5 billion, an extra $3.7 billion coming from hardware, and $2.2 billion from VR. And so the, the interesting part of this is, again, that 74% of sales in the U.S. are digital. But, I mean, they're trying to compare digital to physical here, but they're putting all digital together, like, you know, add-on. Full games, mobile yeah. apps, and stuff. But still, I want I want a direct comparison from for one game sold in the, the physical copy and the digital copy. But look at but look at the games uh, 10, 15 years ago. Remember when World of World of Warcraft came out with all of their expansion packs, mm -hmm. and they were physical yeah. things that you bought in yeah. the store. Yeah. So it's still like I think this is like a fair comparison. I guess so. I mean, I no, I mean the digital games and the add-on content. I agree with putting that in the comparison, but like mobile apps and stuff, I don't think that should be put in comparison with the physical. Yeah, copies. and I'm I'm sure all of this data is online. I, I can't go buy a Mario Run disc for my phone. So I mean, I feel okay, like, I that's feel fair. Like that's not a fair comparison there. So this is just the article that was written. Yeah, I know. Um, I, all of this data is online, so if you want to see those numbers, I'm sure you can find them. Um, but either way, I think that's like really fascinating that we've gone this far into the digital realm. Um, I can't say that I'm surprised. And I've said this before, uh, kind of talking about the Steam, uh, yeah, kind of taking huge. over the world. Uh, the, I can't say that I've ever bought a physical game for my computer. It's all been digital. So I'm not really surprised. And I mean, it's so easy to upgrade my hard disk or my hard disk. Hard drive. My hard drive and stuff. Hard disk drive. There you yeah. go. That's the word you're looking for. And so I'm not overly surprised about these numbers. I think it's just really fascinating. And I think it's an important kind of measure to see where we're going yeah i mean they're convenient stuff because i i mean i still like owning a physical copy but it's nice having a digital copy because like you know like when i'm just playing my playstation like i'll have a game in say i'm like playing horizon then i'm like oh people jump on you want to play grand theft auto i don't have to like change my disc out because i have grand theft auto digital so i just click on that boom here we go it's really i mean it's simple but yeah that's it's just convenience yeah i mean it's all convenience and I mean, the, and one of the upsides of having a digital game is you don't have to wait. So if you're like really hyped about a game and it opens out like at midnight, yeah, and you get the, you the, get it right now. You can get the preload several days before, and yeah, all that good stuff. So yeah, um, so yeah, uh, a couple of kind of strange things uh, that we'll talk about as we kind of finish up here. Night Trap Remastered was announced, uh, and I. I can't figure out in what universe anybody thought this was a good idea. I don't even know what this game is. Granted, I will likely get it. So in 1992 or something around there, this game came out. And it's one of the catalysts for the ESRB. Oh, okay. In this game, so it's a full motion video game, and you basically spy on the slumber party. 
Um, it's it was one of the ones that like when it came out, a lot of people started questioning like, is this going to make our young boys sexually violent towards women? Uh, and that that was one of the things that like they really had to discuss uh, in creating the ESRB. Because the government was like, get your stuff together because this stuff needs to be regulated. Mm -hmm. Because our 10-year-olds shouldn't be able to go out and buy these kind of games where you're basically a peeping Tom. And so if you want to check out Night Trap, I mean, there is so much online about it because it, it was a really, really stupid influential game back then. Um and it, it, honestly, if you think about like FMV, like it was it was something that not a lot of people did, and so this was really influential in that realm, uh, and maybe not a great influence, but it was. And so just the fact that they're remastering this game and it's coming out, so I'm I'm I would be really curious to see if they re-record all the FMV. And which is just going to be awkward for everyone involved. Mm -hmm. But I just, again, I can't imagine the world that anyone thought that this was a good idea. But then you're going to get the stupid people like me who want to get it solely from like a journalistic standpoint. Um, because there's, I have no interest in playing Night Trap <laughs> at this point in my life. And, uh, but when it comes out, I want to be able to say, like... And talk about it. Yeah, like, this is stupid. Don't do this. Or this is the greatest game ever made. Go out and buy it. Go spy on some changing women. All right, yeah. Uh, moving from that. So, saw this the other day. Jackbox Party Pack 4 coming yeah. out this fall. And if for anyone who's not played a Jackbox game, they are fantastic They're great. Games. Yeah, and so if you don't know what a Jackbox is, it's basically a collection of, like, eight-plus games. And they just come in this convenient little pack, and you, like, go through, and you can switch them. It's really easy. And then everyone just plays on their smartphone through the yeah. Internet. and You connect to a website, and you can play through your phone. So great games. I believe I have all of them. I at least have the first two. Um. So, looking forward to that. They have, have bringing back some new ones. I saw like Fibbage Three, which is probably their mm -hmm. most famous game, is coming is coming in. So, it's a really cool game. Uh, I'm, I mean, I'm always excited for them. It's, and I haven't been able to do this yet. I know, like when we have parties at like my house, like we'll like break it out and stuff. And I've played it in party situations. Mm -hmm. It's one of those like I want to try at home with like my parents or yeah, my I've, family. I haven't done that. That's kind of why I got it. But I haven't done that yet. Because I want to see them play these kind of games. Because, you know, they're not huge into video games. But this is something that is really accessible to everyone. Someone, as it's as like, long as you have battery life on your phone. Yeah, it's, like, it's just like a classic family-style game. So, I don't know. It's cool. It can be family-style, and then it cannot be family-style, depending on who you play with. So, Yeah. Um, but that's the beauty of Jackbox, so. Yeah, and yeah, so I uh, that's cool. Uh, a couple last things before we head out of here. Um, Razer's HDK2 VR headset uh, 
I think it's out now. Uh, it's 400 bucks, and they're very clear about this, that it's not as powerful as the Vive or the Oculus, but this is kind of built uh, for people to play around with, take it apart, uh, see what they can do with it. Um, in fact, like students and developers actually get 20% off of it and stuff. So I think this is a really cool thing for those of you like interested in like actually toying with the hardware itself um, and seeing, seeing where that can go. Uh, otherwise, Halo 6, the, the head of their franchise came out and said, Halo 6 will be doubling down on Master Chief because apparently people were upset that you play as somebody else in Halo 5. You, most of it's Master Chief, but you also play as someone. Spartan Locke. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if these people ever played Halo 2, but half of Halo 2 is playing as a uh, another character, the Arbiter. Yeah, but I feel like <laughs> there was you when you played as Master Chief, I feel like you weren't doing a lot. Kind of was the complaint I heard. I feel mm -hmm. like they said most of the action and stuff was done when you're playing as Spartan Log. I know you like spent a long time looking for Master Chief as Spartan Log. So I don't know. I never played it, so I'm yeah, I, I, I haven't either. I wouldn't call myself the expert on any anything no. Halo. I, so. I'd say I'm pretty expert on Halo, just not Halo Five and above. So last little news story, uh, kind of an update. So. We all remember who Palmer Lucky is. Uh, he left Facebook slash Oculus not too long ago. And the only reason I include this this story is uh, one kind of silly video game tied to it. So Palmer Lucky gave $100,000 to Trump his, uh, Trump's inauguration. Uh, and that's, that's fine. Cool. Whatever. Uh, anybody who makes a story out of just that uh, should not be a video game journalist uh, because as an individual, you have the right to do anything like that that you want, um, regardless of what your politics are or what you believe. You should be allowed to do something like that and not get crap for it. Um, what's funny about this is the companies that he put him under um, Wings of Time LLC, which is owned by Fiend Lords Keep Incorporated. Both are Chronos Trigger references. Uh, and I just thought that was kind of funny. Apparently, they don't exist anymore, but uh, he so basically just for the inauguration. Yeah, then. basically did that so he could give money to the inauguration and then pump out. But uh, I think that's really funny. Uh, so that's kind of why it's here. Um, yeah, well, we're about out of here. Uh, games coming out this week. Uh, Poyo Poyo Tetris came out yesterday, um, on Tuesday. Uh, those of you who are Boise State students or want to check it out, there is a review of Poyo Poyo Tetris in the Arbiter. Um, I didn't write it, so... But uh, I read it. It's a pretty good one. Um, I'm excited for that game. I want to play it really bad. Uh, Outlast 2 came out yesterday. Uh, I'm really fascinated. I really want to play that game. And actually, Outlast Trinity so that, came out that, for the PlayStation as well. Outlast 1, Outlast Whistleblower, and number yes. 2? No, not number 2. 
but it's basically one and all of its DLC. I think we only had one DLC. Maybe there's another one. I, I thought know. there was two, but I could be wrong. Okay, but yeah, I've, Outlast is a great game. I that was one I you know pretty much played. I played in one night actually and really enjoyed it. So I'm really looking forward to number two. And from what I heard, number two is absolutely terrifying. Yeah, I bet. Uh, I, I like I remember when Outlast came out, how terrified people were of it, and I then it just kind of disappeared for a while. But it was a great game. Yeah, I mean, I mean, unfortunately, it did get to the point where like I wasn't, I was like predicting all the jump scares and stuff. From, from what I've heard from Outlast too, is like it keeps you on your toes the entire time. Good. And the reason why it becomes so scary is because as you play, your guy just becomes more insane. Yeah, and the reviews coming out are been pretty decent. So. so. I want to check that out. Uh, what only, re- only $30. Yeah. What Remains of Edith Fitch came out uh, yesterday. Finch. Fitch. Finch. Whatever. Okay. Um, I heard that's an awesome game, too. I think Polygon gave it like a nine. Yeah. Or Kotaku. I, I think it's one of those games you can compare to like, uh, you know, Gone Home and we, We've Gone to the Rapture or whatever. Yeah. And I loved Gone Home. So, so we'll see. And that's Twenty dollars, I think, is what it was. Something like that. I mean, it's if it's a walking simulator, it's not going to be much. Yeah. So, um, Mario Kart Deluxe comes out this Friday. Um, so, those of you with Nintendo Switch itching to play Mario Kart, that's for you. And Little Nightmares comes out as well for the PlayStation. I'm excited for that. Yeah, it looks good. It looks good, and it looks kind of bizarrely frightening. I heard no. I heard that's pretty terrifying. Yeah, it's um, like a like. Uh, you compare it to like a limbo style game or like, you know, where you kind of it's like a platforming yeah game, so. But I heard it's pretty pretty terrifying, so. Yeah. Well, so well, got awesome. some good good horror games coming out in yeah. April, which is weird, but okay. Um I think that's it About for us. It. We've been on for a really long time today. Yeah, we we kind of went over. Sorry. Um oops. Yeah, whatever. But as far as we know, we'll have a show next week for those of you regular listeners. Um, I know our studio is shutting down for the um, last three weeks of May, at least, uh, and then we'll be back in June. But we're kind of working on figuring out where we can go to continue recording the podcast. Um, obviously, we're not going to broadcast live, uh, but we will continue doing the podcast um, come hell or high water. Um, probably high water yeah. because of the we'll, amount that it's rained today. We'll figure something out for you. So Yeah, so we can keep our content rolling. Um, and then as and our semester finishes, we've got some kind of big plans coming out for we're thinking we're kind of aiming for June and stuff, but we'll kind of keep you updated on those things. Otherwise, um, that's it for me this week. Uh, thanks for joining us. Austin? That's all I got. Thanks for coming in. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening in the future on the podcast. Uh, if you got any questions for us, yeah, definitely email us at tryspellradio at gmail.com. Yeah. And follow us on Twitter at tryspell underscore VG. Yeah, and I'll try to do a better job of updating my Twitter. Yeah. That'd be great. All right. All right, guys. Thanks. Bye. Bye.